Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin, where we cover the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, the Bitcoin news, the culture, the memes, the fails, all of it. We have it all. Today, we have a very, very special guest. We have Randy Brito. Randy, how you doing, buddy? Fine. Thank you for having me here. We're super happy to have you. Anyways, guys, this is the Saturday episode. I hope you have a good time. Anyways, Opti, it's time for number time. Brought to you by Noddle. They make some of the best Bitcoin nodes like the Noddle One. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Dojo, and Whirlpool, all from the comfort of your own home. Remember, guys, if you don't run your own Bitcoin node, you're using someone else's. And for you digital nomads, doesn't that doesn't matter where you are you could run a noddle through a virtual private server anywhere around the world visit noddle.eu at the time of this recording the bitcoin price is twenty three thousand and fifty five dollars the sats per dollar also known as moscow time four thousand three hundred and thirty three bitcoin held in corporate treasuries one million six hundred and sixty thousand bitcoin i don't think that's been updated since elon dumped all that bitcoin i might have to remove it uh block height 746,058. reachable bitcoin nodes 15,134. percentage issued 90.95 percent blocks to the halvening 93,942. having estimate april 18th 2024 block subsidy value 144,250. block subsidy 6.25 bitcoin also Opti brought this up yesterday. I'm going to bring it up again. We had a difficulty adjustment of 5% yesterday, or yeah, actually a couple days ago. And again, the difficulty adjustment is something built into the Bitcoin network and ensures that the block time stays at around 10 minutes, right? And then the, the, the lower the difficulty adjustment, more incentive for miners right so it's awesome i love how bitcoin just kind of figures it out let's check out this video um and it's by it's actually it's a it's a legacy mainstream media video and it's with the ceo of riot i think there's a ton of signal in here let's check it out and then we will riff on it it's a three minute video so it's quite long let's check it out jason welcome thank you for having me what okay let me ask you for like the math here with energy prices and crypto where they are today, how much less are you giving up than you might be if Bitcoin was back at 60K and, and energy prices were also where they are today? So it's really a dynamic calculation. There's a bunch of market factors beyond just the Bitcoin price. There's also the competition around Bitcoin mining that impacts what your revenue is as a Bitcoin miner on a dollar per uh, megawatt hour basis. So as a miner, we look at that and then we can also make a judgment call in the power market on if it is worth it to mine or if it's worth it to curtail our energy and sell the power block that we've invested in and secured back to the market. Yeah. Alternatively, there are different demand response programs that we support in that reduce our energy costs annually and help support the Texas grid and our communities that we operate in. I, I noticed that, that you have all, you have been selling power back to the grid. It says that would equate to a Bitcoin price at times north of $500,000. What do you mean by that? Uh, that was not a quote from me, so I'm not sure the math behind that. But I uh, will tell you that uh, the, the price of power in ERCOT will tend to peak and spike to pretty high prices 
when there is not enough energy in that grid. And that is really when renewable generation sources like wind are not functioning as designed. They're oh, not functioning because there's no wind blowing. So, so when there's words, no wind blowing, that grid has a lot less capacity than it otherwise would. So you guys basically have energy, let's call it credits or, or something to that effect, that are so valuable right now, it equates to a Bitcoin price of, according to this source, half, you know, half a million dollars. That's that's. It is a, a good reminder that maybe market pricing can help here level out the power distribution on the electricity grid. At least that's the optimistic reading. Absolutely. Let me put it this way. Miners, Bitcoin miners like Riot make huge financial commitments into energy grids, into energy markets. We have commitments to purchase energy for two years. So that's a reliable demand that generators and grid organizers can look at and rely on. Because we made that commitment, we own a block of power that we can then make available back to the grid when market conditions need, uh, when market conditions call for. And when you know power is constrained and spot prices are spiking up very high, uh, yeah, it, it equates to equivalent uh, Bitcoin price mind of a, a very much higher than where it's at now. Do you sell that pro- that that power back at a at a profit? Yes, with the block of power that we have secured, uh, we can shut down and we will sell that power back at a profit. Uh, at you know at, at a margin much higher, at, at a price much higher than what we're securing it for, provided that price is. Uh, higher than what we would get from otherwise mining Bitcoin. Do you have any idea what percentage of of state output in Texas you all consume or 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 my Bitcoin miners as a group consume? Is no, it Bitcoin negligible miners, or, or is it negligible or significant? Right now, I would say Bitcoin miners are probably around one percent of the total uh, you know peak demand in ERCOT. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of projects underway. A lot of people, a lot of di- businesses have um, publicized plans to expand out in Texas. Um, to the extent they all follow through with that, you know, it depends on their ability to raise capital and execute. But I think the more Bitcoin miners that are able to deploy in Texas, participate in these different types of grid response programs, the stronger the ERCOT grid is going to be because generators and uh, grid operators can rely on a consistent power source 24 seven that has the flexibility, unlike other major loads, to shut off when demand for power is high. That was so much signal right there. Wow, I really enjoyed that whole clip. I thought it was gonna be a little bit too long, but I was literally like trying to soak up that that information the entire time. Um, And again, that's the CEO of Riot, and that's one of the largest Bitcoin mining companies is a public company, and they have huge facilities in Texas. Maybe you guys have seen some of those videos. And he's exactly right, right? That Bitcoin miners are the, the buyers of last resort, right? And an energy grid needs stability. And Bitcoin miners could do something that not many other industries could do. Bitcoin miners could be either turned off or on depending on um, depending on the need for that power. And again, when the need for that power is is high, right? They, they get turned off. Now, what I didn't know, right, is that they, they actually sell that power back. And I know a lot, I know what a lot of you guys are thinking, right? It's like, oh, wow, so they're selling that that power back to the public. It's like, no guys, you don't understand. That power was always was already going to waste and Riot stepped in and said, listen, that wasted power, we're gonna give it value now, we're gonna buy it. 
that power wouldn't even been available if it wasn't for something like Riot, right? Which is why we make the case as Bitcoiners that what Bitcoin mining does is actually provide grid stability, right? And it's also actually, in my opinion, going to incentivize green energy without government subsidy. So anyways, wow, that was, dude, that was really impressive. Anyways, Opti, what do you think? A lot of signal there. I completely missed that video. I'm glad that you played it. And it just kind of brought like a little meme in my head of Bitcoin miners are so nimble. They're, they're just so like on the ball with their electricity that no other industry can even come close to. And then just the idea of like Bitcoin mining is an asset to the power grid, guys. It, we are helping Bitcoin miners help the grid, guys. And furthermore, I didn't know uh, that mining companies like Riot and other large companies had such a long contract to buy excess energy. It's just amazing, guys. We say it all the time. Incentives, Trump, coercion, and people like money. Energy companies like money. And Bitcoin is the best money, guys. Profits win when you are looking for them and bitcoin mining provides this it's just amazing guys it really blows my mind it's crazy i can be in bitcoin this long and just still continue to fall down the rabbit hole and be more bullish who could have thought yeah absolutely brandy what are your thoughts brother well i think they should not shut down the miners because every minute they are not mining they are not collecting bitcoin right they are not making any bitcoin and i know Venezuelan government, Iranian government, and Russians, they are not shutting down their, their mining devices because a town next to them don't have any electricity because of them. So I don't know. We are not stacking the Bitcoins in the U.S., in Texas, which is, I don't know, one of the most freest places in the world. So it's like, um, okay, it's, it's great. They are uh, adding that demand to the electricity that is being uh, wasted in any other way, if not used by them. But I think it's more like the, he's trying to signal a little bit. Like I, I know people need their air conditioning, so I'm going to switch off my mining devices. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I continue mining, man. So it's if, even if you just stack it because you cannot sell it because you won't make any profit or you won't be able to cover cost. You you already bought the, the electricity at low price. Mine those Bitcoin, get that and wait one year, you're probably 400% up like we currently are, right? Randy's a savage. Um, so toxic. So, Randy's a savage and in a good way. So Randy, though, but so what he said, though, during the interview, right, was that he was selling back the energy back to the grid as if the price of Bitcoin was worth $500,000. So I think with that sale of electricity, he could actually even buy more Bitcoin then he could okay. get mining it. What would you say to that? Or do you, are you still yeah, he, from the, no, from he, the thought? No, he kept, obviously yeah. he, he kept that part for himself. He, he didn't share anything about buying. I, I thought he was selling, selling the electricity uh, in a profit to cover the cost because actually mining the Bitcoin and selling them was not enough to cover the cost. But he, if he is actually making any profit out of selling the electricity and buying Bitcoin with it, or buying Bitcoin, is also a great way to stack Bitcoin if you don't, you are not able to like invest in, in like big mining, which is the profitable way to do it. Absolutely.
man, but you could opt to pass it on to you before we move on to the news. You could see how much this is going to get. This is what, if you guys want to know why the World Economic Forum and all those places are attacking Bitcoin, I'm telling you, when they watched that video, I bet you they were melting. They were like, ah, no, they're using the power. You know, so wow, <laughs> that that was that video in itself was toxic. And Opti, did you notice how the anchors were like trying to find the kink in the in his armor yep. with like some crazy questions? They always tried to paint you in a corner of being the villain, but we know Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin will proliferate humanity and energy. This is uncontentious. Absolutely, it's going to take humanity to the next stage right using energy is a good thing don't let anybody excuse me tell tell you otherwise and yeah i hope bitcoin mining uses even more energy than it does today anyways opti it's time for the daily news brought to you by cryptocloaks.com they make some of the best 3d printed bitcoin merch like the famous 3D printed Bitcoin grenade toy. It comes in any custom color your heart desires. You want it in gold? He could do that. What about Peter Schiff colors? That's right, comes in gold. He also has 3D printed node cases. Super cool. The European store is now open. You can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 5% off anything on CryptoCloaks.com. Opti, needs a little bit of justice, my friend. A little bit of justice. Check out this Bloomberg article from July 21st. Korea prosecutors raid crypto exchanges homes in Terra Probe. That's right. If you were a victim of the Terra Luna debacle, first lesson that you should learn. This is why you should stick to Bitcoin only. And this is why you should stick to self-custody. In fact, in the last four months, if you've had your Bitcoin in self-custody and if you didn't buy shitcoins, the only thing that has happened to you is that now you have Bitcoin significantly cheaper so that you could stack more. If you dabbled in shitcoins like Luna or if you were chasing that yield, which we so hard fought against and people gave a shit for it. Let this be a lesson to you and what we call on the show the price of tuition. Anyways. We, I've had to pay it. Opti's had to pay it. I'm sure Randy's had to pay it. Anyways, South Korea prosecutors are stepping up their investigation into Terraform Labs, whose stablecoin TerraUSD collapsed in May, setting off a rout in cryptocurrency markets. A team of investigators from Seoul Southern District Prosecutor's Office began seizing transaction records and other material from seven local exchanges at 5.30 p.m. local time on Wednesday. Prosecutors also conducted raids on eight other places, including the homes and offices of people who are under investigation. The offer, office declined to provide more information on those raids, citing, investi uh, citing investigation security. Terra clashed from its dollar peg in early May when the complex algorithm-based system involving the sister Luna token that was meant to safeguard their peg failed to work as planned. The implosion rendered Luna almost worthless. Some Luna investors filed a complaint 
with, with South Korean prosecutors in May alleging Terraform Labs founder Do Kwon and his company has had committed fraud and engaged in illicit fund raising. Spokesmen for Upbit, BitHum, and GoPax confirm that raids took place Wednesday evening at their offices and that prosecutors seized transaction records. Chai and CoinOne didn't immediately respond to, to requests for comment. In June, authorities banned current and former employees of Terraform Labs from leaving the country. KBS TV reported that prosecutors had summoned a former official at a unit of Terraform Labs while Yonhap said prosecutors were probing whether Kwan evaded taxes by moving profits from cryptocurrency transactions to offshore accounts. So, how long until uh, this happens to Alex Mashinsky, right? A lot of people are upset. A lot of people are pissed off that they got completely rug pulled. Right? This is what happens during the bear markets. Everyone is happy during the bull markets. They all love Daquan. But when his house of cards collapses, when his shitcoin collapses, when the, the truth about algorithmic stable coins gets exposed, people are out for blood. And man, I would hate to be any of those shitcoiners and those exchanges that people are like, that has nothing to do with Luna. It does have to do with Luna. Because those exchanges decided to post a shitcoin. Very similar to what happened with Coinbase. We're going to cover that on Sunday's episode. I did a little bit of research about how Coinbase came out and said, Hey, we don't post securities. We don't, we don't, we don't uh, list securities. Why are they saying that? They're not saying that to cover that employee that got caught insider trading, buying those shitcoins before they were listed. They're saying that to save their own butts because if it's inferred that Coinbase is listing securities, oof, are they in trouble? Um, so this doesn't affect you if you listen to what Simply Bitcoin advocates for. Stay humble, stack Bitcoin only, take it into self-custody, use it as a savings technology, and enjoy the Bitcoin roller coaster that goes only up and to the right. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts, brother? Well, my first initial thought is just shit corners make us all look bad, guys. Look at the, it, we're all over the news, like we're all in the same boat and now we're all criminals, apparently in the, in the mainstream or legacy media's eyes and they just make us all look bad. You know, there's a fundamental difference between Bitcoiners and shit corners, but I'm not gonna go full into it. I just wanted to make a point I've been saying, I think I said it all week, that it feels like we have definitely crossed the Rubicon of Bitcoin, quote unquote, mainstream adoption. We are in the eye and everything is gonna be scrutinized. And it just reminds me from being a person that got wrecked in 2017 as a noob and now being on this side and seeing people get wrecked it's gonna be a lot harder for scammers out there to scam retail noobs in this market because there is real consequences now, guys. If you're a criminal, the law will come after you and you can't just run around and create more scams. And look, I am not one that uh, you know advocates or is a, a fan of authority. I've always been anti-authoritarian, but I believe in honest hard work. And if you're a criminal, 
hey, go fuck yourself. You make us all look bad. Quit scamming people. You shouldn't scam. And now there's going to be actual consequences for scammers. So to all you scammers out there, you better watch what you're doing. And it's not me saying this, guys. It's, it's the powers that be. So, hey, do what you want to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stack that, stay humble, provide the value, and do my own thing. Nico or Randy, what's up? Well, it's Bitcoin user not affected. You say there, it's if you stack your Bitcoins, you you your non-custodial wallet. Most of the things won't like actually do anything to you or your commitment to the Bitcoin movement, right? So yeah, stay humble, stack your Bitcoins, uh, continue buying when it's cheap. I guess is whatever thing you can put into Bitcoin and not have it, you can see it losing value at all the other stuff. Like, I don't know, your house, your car, even if you have a can of gasoline now, it's great to have it, but imagine that when you run out of that can of gas, you will need to refill it and it's going to cost you more. And if you're going to refill it with your Bitcoin, you are doing it wrong. Absolutely. It, Randy hit the nail on the head. Bitcoin is a deflationary currency. Life gets cheaper in Bitcoin, right? So rather than fiat, when fiat incentivizes you to, to spend because it's losing value, Bitcoin incentivizes you to save because you know your purchasing power increases over time, which is why it is the best savings technology man has ever seen. Mankind has better seen better said anyways moving on to the next part of the show i always say that in the west because we have financial privilege um i've always had trouble convincing people because they see bitcoin as a speculative investment but if you live in a country like venezuela like turkey like argentina that have had inflation for a very long time. Bitcoin is not a speculative investment. Bitcoin is a necessity. Bitcoin is a way for people to get on a lifeboat in a country whose currency is failing. And I believe that eventually this is going to come to the West. So I have Randy on today uh, to speak a little bit about Bitcoin Venezuela and to speak a little bit about his experiences using Bitcoin in Venezuela and if he's used it as it's designed, right? Um, there's a little bit about Bitcoin Venezuela. Bitcoin Venezuela desde, uh, uh, since 2012 and it's, it's, uh, they help, it's a humanita humanitarian organization. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but Randy, so how is it, man? How is it? That, so in my particular situation, most of my family is still in Venezuela. One of the methods that I use to send money is I send it to them in Bitcoin. It's super easy. Um, other options are absolutely terrible. And the fees and all this stuff. Randy, are you using, because I know that stable coins are also very popular over there, but look at what happened to Luna. Stable coins provide false financial sovereignty. Um, what has been your experience with using Bitcoin in Venezuela? Are people using Bitcoin in Venezuela? Is Bitcoin popular over there? What's going on? Well, this is not a stable coin. If, if it's stably 
back to the dollar, you see it's stable going down. It's like it's it's steadily in a straight way right right to the to hell, right? That's what stable coins are. So if people in Venezuela use those, they even they don't even use it like in a I don't know, they try to like back one one to one USDT in Bitcoin, MasterCoin or Omnicoin protocol. No, they basically use Tron or Binance Exchange centralized service, Binance Pay or something like that. So it's there. They could be using any other thing if they were bear, if if they were allowed to. That's one thing. Is that there are people in Venezuela are prohibited from using most of the services out there because most of the services have to comply with. Um, money control, money, money exchange, and uh, controlling capital and, and the U.S. sanctions and other countries' sanctions in Venezuela. So they just don't bother to do it and they block the entire country because it's easier. Um, not because most people are banned, like in the case of Iran or North Korea, but because it's cheaper to ban everyone and, and not single allow each one of them and verify them. So. That's the, the example that people should be looking at. It's like they try with with Wells Fargo, they try with Bank of America, they try with Say, they try with PayPal, and they end up banned from all of them and losing their money. And if they go to the stable coins, their stable coins is still losing uh, purchasing power too. And it's still a stable coin. So with the stable coins have compliance built into them. They can be also blocked and transfers mm-hmm. and funds can be frozen. So it's actually not the centralized censorship system. That's what Bitcoin is. So if people can accept that is the reality, they can stop like trying to gamble with those other things. Beautifully those, said. Yeah, those other projects obviously have a lot of marketing and they are all in the country and they say they have thousands of thousands of people and they have like ambassadors. They don't pay the ambassador, but they give them NFTs as a payment, as a thank you. And these guys spend their money moving around the country and shilling their coins, and then they get nothing. And these companies and projects and SF uh, trying to save the humans of the world, um, startups make uh, fun of them online in their interviews. So when I see that, I say, we are Bitcoin Venezuela. We accept anything that you can throw to us if we can use it uh, to exchange to Bitcoin and continue helping people in, in the country, uh, feeding people and giving them medicines. Okay, we are going to accept anything that you want to donate, but we're going to convert that to Bitcoin and that's the way we are going to use it. And we have been using it for years now, for seven years for humanitarian aid um, that we do in the country. And like I said, we take donations, but we are not registered. Um, we don't see like registering with a government that is impoverishing the country and the people mm. there and, and also starving them to death. And then we're going to sign up with them so we can get money to help the people they are killing. It doesn't make any sense to us. Um, we are a nonprofit organization with being for 10 years now running only on Bitcoin. That's amazing. And and you're absolutely right in terms of because that's what happens with, you know, with socialist countries. That's what happens with Cuba. Right. Is that if you send money to Cuba 
and you do it the right way, what the government does is it takes the money, takes the dollars, they keep it themselves, and then they hand the Cuban citizen their currency, right? So the government enriches themselves, they hand the, the citizens some shitcoin, and yeah, I, I absolutely agree. If it's the same thing, what, are, what is the what is the Maduro government going to do? The same shit. They're just going to take it themselves. Um, so what about Bitcoin adoption and Bitcoin use in Venezuela? If you go to a store and you want to pay people, I'm assuming that the country is dollarized by now, right? Yeah, well, it is like not officially dollarized, but everything is paid in dollars now. It's like cash, say, say, and set. Like individuals take payments on anything that looks like a dollar, even if it's a stable coin of some shit coin. Like, I don't know, it's reserving something into dollars or something like that, and algorithmic or back or whatever they want to call it. But there is like Bitcoin everywhere because it's part of the marketing too. It's like Bitcoin miners are now like government mandated. And, and the government mandated and, and everyone who has power, like power, actual power, not the power electricity, but actual power, like mayors and governors, they run their own Bitcoin facilities, like mining Bitcoin facilities. So they also own the malls, they also own the supermarkets. So they say, we have to talk about this and, and you can go and pay for your t-shirt or you can pay for a hamburger almost like everywhere in, in the country and in bitcoin yeah you can use bitcoin that's that's one of the things they have said they i think they, they i i think they even have like one specific cashier for that so because that's the only person who is wow to accept those. wow so that's crazy that's that's insane yeah it, it it looks like the el salvador uh videos but all over the country, right? And is so this biggest, is is this only city. is this only La Capi is it only Caracas or is it like the Valencia? No, no, it's it's everywhere. Uh, it's also cities uh, who, which are bordering with Colombia. They uh, usually only use um, US dollar and euros uh, currency, and they also use uh, Bitcoin. Uh, but one of the biggest Bitcoin mines it's in in Sulia, so it's it's expected, right? Um, they call it the, the Bitcoin City or the or the crypto city. I don't know if they changed the name already. It's uh, Maracay, which is in the center of the country. Caracas, yeah. obviously, uh, everyone takes Bitcoin. But that's the thing is that you are spending your Bitcoin because you are making that Bitcoin as your income. So that's cool that you are able to do it. It would be great if you can do it like from your phone using Tor and maybe in in a obviously in a um um self-severing way right it's i think most people are not there yet they just have it somewhere in some uh centralized wallet or closed source wallet like most of the ios apps for example but well bitcoin is used and you can use it and you can send money there and so you can what do it in a censorship resistant way what is the name that that's so fascinating i didn't know that so there you they they nickname a city in venezuela the bitcoin city and that's because there's a huge bitcoin mine there what is the name of the city well maracay is currently Maracay. like 
Yeah, it's in uh, Aragua State, and who owns it's that? One line? of the biggest ones. Who owns that? Oh, line? one of the governors. Yeah, I bet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this, so the Maduro government, like the, the Maduro or Unchufal, like fucking knows people there. Unchufal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are plugged into the system, literally. Mm-hmm. There plugged. are people who say that they they mine with maybe fifty to hundred megawatts. Uh, something like that and, and the town doesn't have electricity like eight hours a day but wow. they have 24 uh, 7 mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. that's crazy that's why that's why you knew about texas <laughs> oh yeah it's and and they are doing the same in russia and also in, in iran you know it's wow. like government mandated mm-hmm. and so the governments of <laughs> iran the governments of russia are mining bitcoin like crazy that's the incentives yes. and this is what you know the the book the sovereign individual was talking about about geographical arbitrage right think about it this way right so if the united states is like hey you know, we're going to ban Bitcoin. What is Russia going to do? Okay, Bitcoin miners, come here. You know, Iran's going to say, Venezuela's going to say. And we have a saying here in the United States, right, is whenever a miner um, becomes unprofitable, send it to, sell it to Venezuela. That's the that's the saying yeah. over here. The S9 is unprofitable. Send it to Venezuela. Yeah, you know? there, there are always buyers there for that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. We, 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 want, we want strikes about it. Some of them like donated from people in the U.S. And... It's not profitable in, in, in the U.S., but it's still profitable and it's always being in so, Yeah. Um, the thing is that the government cracked down on individuals mining. Mm-hmm. That's literally um, why I left. It. I left because of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah? You're from mm-hmm. there? <laughs> I'm not. I mean, so like I grew up in Miami, but my family is from Venezuela and that's where I started okay. my whole mining journey is there. But I remember uh, um, it was 2017. You mean, you mean Dora Sola? You are from Dorasola? Dorasola. Dora. No, soy de, I mean, I'm not from Doral, um, but no, I'm from North. No, I've been in Miami a very long time. Doral, which we call Doralzuela, is um, that's lo recién llegado. Like people that are just coming from Venezuela yeah. to go to Doral. No, I've been yeah, in Miami. Yeah. A very, I've been in Miami. I was, in, type of- I was in Miami before it became popular for Venezuelans. <laughs> there are two types of Venezuela in every city, you know. The one that comes and they deliver the food to you, and the ones that come and you see them with a car that is even better than yours than you feel in ten years you're working to pay, right? Oh god! Oh god! Anyways, Opti, you know but... that's true. That's true. Oh, uh, Opti, what are your thoughts, my friend? Uh, you you oh. need to ask if his father is mining in Venezuela. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> you no longer ask if his father is a military like, leader or something or, or or something with power. You just ask. Oh, that's your father mining Venezuela. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Let's go. First, first off, super interesting. I I wasn't really aware of all that stuff, Randy. So I really appreciate it. And second. I just want to applaud you for the BTC Ven nonprofit. That's just really, really cool stuff and and super, super inspiring. And like I say all the time, mining's not my forte, but I am a master of memes. And the best meme here that popped in my mind is you can't ban Bitcoin. You can only ban yourself from Bitcoin. So shouts out to all those people banning themselves from Bitcoin. Someone else will mine Bitcoin. Someone else will take the Bitcoin. That is the game. That is the game. Well, there's a lot of signal there. I really enjoyed that conversation, Randy. But anyways, Opti, 
It's time for The Daily Fail. Brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plan and instant purchases serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. What we, we love Swan and Simply Bitcoin because it matches our values, right? They incentivize you to take self-custody and they also incentivize you to DCA dollar cost average, spread out your risk while you're opting out of the old system of the fiat matrix. So check out swanbitcoin.com. All right, what's up guys? I'm here to do the fail. As you can see, we're gonna cover Vitalik and Ethereum on today's fail. He's been in the news all day yesterday spreading his FUD. So let me just get into it. We got this headline from fortune.com and it goes, Vitalik Buterin says, Ethereum will be 55% complete post merge. Amazing, amazing that they are shilling ETH and it's not even 55% complete. Mm, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway, let's get into this article a little bit because there is so much here. So Ethereum co-founder shared some thoughts on Thursday, speaking at the Ethereum community conference. Vitalik started his conversation by comparing the network to its longtime rival, Bitcoin, stating that the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum is that Bitcoiners consider Bitcoin to be 80% complete but Ethereans consider Ethereum to be 40% complete. Interesting logic you're going down there, Vitalik. Interesting logic. Anyways, we go down, he says, but he added that that 40% figure is poised to jump after Ethereum completes a long planned technology upgrade known as the merge. Guys, remember Phil's epic takedown of the ETH roadmap and the merge splurge verge whatever the urge was. But once they get to the merge, Ethereum will be about 50% complete. We're getting really close. It's really amazing, Vitalik says. And last week, the ETH devs dropped a tentative timeline for the merge, aiming for September. And as Buterin says, it's a long and complicated transition to proof of stake, but it will make it more robust. And it'll make it even better. Anyways, following the merge, Ethereum's roadmap includes a few more major phases, including a four-part upgrade that developers are calling the Surge, Verge, Purge, and Splurge, all of which aim to make Ethereum much more secure and decentralized. And here's the kicker. This went around as a headline for a while yesterday, and it goes, at the end of this roadmap, Ethereum will be much more scalable system, and by the end, Ethereum will be able to process 100,000 transactions per second. And Vitalik looks forward to when Ethereum can settle down. At some point, the rate of change will slow down. There are things that could happen. Really? Nico, this is the funniest. This is, I love how they ended this. There are things that could happen. There are unknown unknowns, but those unknowns should decrease over time. Okay, well, of course, I just had to bring up the ethroadmap.com page because Phil just so thoroughly destroyed this. Definitely go watch the ETH roadmap is a joke because it gets destroyed. Anyways, let's go back into memory lane a little bit. 
and remember that the Ethereum merge has already been postponed. It was supposed to be ready by June, but they did a headline and said they have no firm date yet. So the much anticipated merge event on Ethereum, let's look back to the date, this is April 13th. We're in July 22nd, 2022, and it appears that they moved it back to September. So, of course, it's super, super complicated to do the merge, but I really, really love this comment that they put in this article. And as you see, Tim Baiko, he's a ETH Deb, and he goes, it won't be June, but likely in a few months after. No firm date yet, but we're definitely in the final chapter of proof of work on Ethereum. And how is this beautiful tweet here? It wasn't early 2021 either, and we've been in the final chapter for about four years now. What's a few more um, months, years, decades between friends? <laughs> Oh man, so good. And then we got, I just wanted to highlight, we got a Coinbase head of engineering mentioning that it's a technical complexity behind the merge itself that justifies this delay in any delivery. So let's just keep going down memory lane. And we saw in July 15 that the marketing of the merge pumped the price enough for the whales to get in and start accumulating ETH ahead of the network's highly anticipated merge upgrade. Remember the meme guys, buy the rumor, sell the news. Hmm, it seems like this is what is going on. So I did a little dive, of course. I need to check out what they're actually saying on the ETH forum about the merge. And yes, they are saying that the merge is gonna ship Q3, Q4, as they're saying, roughly September. And this is the most significant upgrade in the history of Ethereum. Extensive testing and bug bounties are undertaken to ensure a safe transition to proof of stake. But I really love this, guys. Even in their own, in their own press releases talking about the merge, they continue to talk about the fact that they're postponing this. Throughout Ethereum's history, developers have been working hard at preparing for an eventual transition away from proof of work to proof of stake. On December 1st, 2020, the beacon chain was created. If you remember from ETH, uh, sorry, from Phil's ETH roadmap is a joke. You will remember that the merge is supposed to merge with this beacon chain. So they've been doing it for a few years now and they still can't figure it out. So what is the goal of the merge? Well, once ETH merges, ETH will become a deflationary currency, likely to have an issuance range between negative 0.5% to negative 4.5%. It's ultrasound money after all, guys. All these changes don't mean anything. But I really, really, I have to put our, put our friends dunking on here, guys, because they can make our points way better in one tweet. So, again, this headline went around. Butarian, by the end of the roadmap, ETH will process 100,000 transactions per second. And then we got a tweet here by Brian Schmiss, and he goes, Does the end of the roadmap finally make ETH decentralized, or does it remain the centralized Kaka coin scam? that it's always been. And D Whitman's really been killing it on Twitter lately. And he goes, by the end of the roadmap, the world will have moved to a Bitcoin standard as they slowly learn that digital scarcity can only be achieved once and that proof of stake is no different than PayPal stock. Oof.
And you know that I love memes. <laughs> this is the end of the Ethereum roadmap. It's a dumpster fire. They are never going to get to the end of the transition to proof of stake. As Phil said in the ETH, roadmap is a joke this is all marketing guys shit coins are backed by marketing they have to kick the can down the road when you have no viable product remember what they said after the merge they haven't even merged ethereum will be 55 percent complete guys they are pushing a shitty product excuse my french nico and they know it anyways i thought this would be just a good little pin on it this is a visual of the lightning network we already know that the Lightning Network can do as many transactions as possible. I don't know. I don't want to put the hard numbers out, but I'm pretty sure it can do 100,000 transactions today. No, more than that. More than exactly. That. Yeah. Hence my point that we are already doing what the ETH roadmap says we'll be doing in the future. It's already happening right now. It's on Lightning Network, guys. Do not get led down the, the shitcoin path and give these people your Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the innovation here. Everything that's being built on Bitcoin is where the future will move towards. Guys, don't fall for the shitcoin marketing. It, it's, it's atrocious. And I honestly cannot believe how they are this transparent and people don't see between the lines. Anyways, Nico, I see you shaking your head. <laughs> dude, amazing, man. Great job doing that. Um, and dude, like, let's riff on this. Uh, look, the reality is that Ethereum has been trying to migrate to, uh, to proof of stake for the longest time. The deflationary thing, the bit that he said, okay, so it's only deflationary until the, poli until the necessary political pressure mounts up and then it will be inflationary again and then it will be something else again and then it will be something else again and there will be something else again as long as it could be manipulated by human beings which proof of stake is going to enable then it's only deflationary until it's not versus bitcoin right we know the having dates we know the estimated dates we know the it goes from 6.25 to half of that to half of that to half of that roughly every four years for the next 100 something years. And that doesn't change. And that is a feature, not a bug. As long as the monetary policy could be manipulated and changed by human beings, it will happen. If you want to separate money from state, it needs to be fully decentralized and the monetary policy cannot change period full stop ethereum is designed in a way where it is so resource intensive right the nodes are so resource intensive that only a handful of people could run them which is why the majority of ethereum nodes run on servers they don't run by individuals running a node so yeah man like this is just noise it's a marketing gimmick because it's like, oh my God, let me buy some Ethereum. It's about to be the only deflationary currency. It's about to move to proof of stake that doesn't use any power. Wow, Bitcoin is old, <laughs> fuck Bitcoin. Let me get myself some Ethereum. It's all marketing. It's all word salad. It, they still say, oh, it's gonna be done 55% of the way. It's been like three or four years since this guy has been saying we're gonna migrate to proof of stake and it still hasn't migrated to proof of stake. God damn, look, proof of work was the innovation. It was the difference. 
proof of stake is like trying to, it's like finding a problem to give a solution to. Make no mistake, the Ethereum guys are going to do whatever in their power to attack Bitcoin. Because that is how they prop their shitcoin. If it means killing the only decentralized uh, cryptocurrency in existence, which is Bitcoin, they don't care. As long as they get their Lambos. They don't care about separating money from state. Dude, they teamed up with the World Economic Forum. What the, the, the girl that's on the Ethereum Foundation, she sits on the World Economic Forum. Like, come on now. They'll ally with the state. They'll ally with government. They came up with the paper, literally. And we covered this on the fail a couple months ago that literally said, why don't you build your central bank digital currency on Ethereum? What the fuck? Because they don't care. They don't care. They just want to get rich. And they don't care if it means killing Bitcoin in the process. Us Bitcoiners are about separating money from state in the process, ending central banking, ending the tyranny of central banking. And ETH guys are just like, that's cool as long as you don't shut us down because you can't shut us down because you're centralized. Anyways, Randy, what are your thoughts? And then we'll move on to the software release. Well, uh, you see, Ethereum, the thing is that you show the Lightning Network and you cannot get all the Lightning Network um, no runners, people who run those Lightning Network nodes and make transactions with each other in one call and tell all that stop trading, right? You cannot do that. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. You cannot do that with Bitcoin either. So that's actually decentralization. And regarding Ethereum, before the merge, you don't get it, Nico. That was not the true Ethereum. We need to continue trying to get the true Ethereum, right? So it's like this, they're never going to get it because they always say that thing from the past ICO stuff in the 2017, that was not Ethereum. And when they started doing the gaming thing, it it failed miserably because they didn't keep it simple. They added so much complexity to their contract that anyone can go and empty their wallets. They see hundred million dollars worth of wallets, right? So uh, they do it every week and they don't keep it simple, but they say that was not Ethereum. it reminds me a lot about someone who says something about Terra is more than USD. That's why we're going to make it again. Because that thing on the bus, that's not true. That's not the, the reality we want. We can't do it again. And it reminds me something. You left that country also. They, that's not real socialist. We are going to... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's so funny because I, I, I started to notice that, right? Which is like the shit coiners remind me of that like the 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 way that the, the, oh, no the... no no they don't re- they don't remind you of that it's in their code you can, <laughs> see the, the, you can see the github the preface of their white paper is actually a quote from a terrorist uh who was in uh the uruguay liberation oh, army and that's the preface of the white paper so that's the same which each and every one of the co-founders and founders of all the Ethereum ecosystem projects, you can see what they were before on their Twitter and what they currently are on their GitHub. They put it right there like in a quote, like basically, we're trying to make communists real, basically. Oh, and that's not, that's not a lie. You can go to GitHub and check it out. Don't ver- don't ver- don't trust verify. And this guys is exactly 
why you should literally stick to simply Bitcoin. Anyways, Opti, it's time for- Keep it simple. The Meme Review. Brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zenith stories, articles, comics. By actual Bitcoiners, this is artwork for volume 11. This is the artwork for volume 10. And this is the artwork for volume 12. Volume 12, I mean, volume two is almost sold out because there's only a thousand physical copies made per volume. Oh, I'm covering it. Here it is, a thousand. Get your print of Citadel 21 today. All right, guys. I'm here to do the meme review today because, you know, I am the master of memes. And I saw this one, and we played this Pelosi clip for you guys yesterday. And Dave Chappelle and Pelosi together, it, this is a match made in heaven. This is my kind of content. So anyways, guys, watch this. Over the course of your career, uh, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information? What are you what? saying? Uh, over the course of your career, huh? has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you received from you? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Babel Hoddle. Amazing. That, that's good. That's that's good memes. All right. This one, this one's more of uh, in the lines of a picture paints a thousand words. So shout out to Zodiac. He goes, there's definitely a climbing emergency now. That red is so scary. So look at the dates here. 6-21-2017. All these temperatures are higher, but it's nice and green. And then 621, 2022, the temperatures are lower, but it's green. Guys, there's a no, climate emergency. It's all right, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no you know what's worse is go down, go down on this, go down on this. Literally, Twitter, oh no, it doesn't show. Twitter literally put a disclosure and saying oh, really? that wasn't true. No. Like, oh, the, the media is taken out of context to that shit. Amazing. Why would they do that if they're not trying to tell you a narrative, bro? Seriously, are, are you amazing. saying that the the communications girl from the white the white house is trying to girl explain you something <laughs> dude I, I think they're just trying to sell i i really think that they're just trying to sell i mean call they're it pushing for, a narrative they're call pushing it for what narrative. it is bro they yeah. want yeah, they, 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 they want communism and climate they really need to get their double speak straight yeah <laughs> exactly all right let me continue all right this next one's by tc and you know me, I'm about the culture, guys. So shout out to Yellow. Hashtag I am building. This is what, like the Sumerians worshiping Bitcoin mm -hmm. and they all got the building hats on. Shouts out to UTC. Great meme. And then, of course, Rope has been killing it on Twitter. And we showed you guys Jack Mahler's clip yesterday and he created this meme right here. Creating money cannot be free. And I know everyone was kind of giving him some 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 pushback because he made the Bitcoin maxis look like NPCs, but they got the laser eyes. And we all heard that same meme and we're like, wow, that is an epic meme. Creating money cannot be free. And just for you guys talking smack, Rope acknowledged that this is a good meme for Bitcoiners because it's not making fun of them. He <laughs> is the maximalist with the t laser eyes turned on. And next... Of course, you've heard about Three Arrows Capital in the news. Well, here is another meme. We got a, a, a buff Pepe reading a book, How to Become a Shitcoin Millionaire. And you, <laughs> and you don't pay it back. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one is not by a Bitcoiner in particular, Papillion's Ghost, but 
I know you're seeing what I'm seeing and you're feeling what I'm seeing, but inflation, what inflation? A pack of ground beef at the same price as last month, it's so only funny. it's a little baby piece of meat. It's just a and little bit smaller. It's, a, it's just a little bit smaller. And then this one Nico put in, and again, sometimes we just got to put in a meme in here because a picture paints a thousand words. So shout out to Documenting BTC. He goes, the last time Bitcoin was called a bubble, Okay, here. Yeah, okay. That that seems reasonable. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, about that. Number goes up. Honey Badger don't care. And it's going to pump, guys. 21 million hard cap. In a world of infinite paper money, number will go up. Anyways, Nico, let me get my score for you guys. And I got this beer mug. Beer with mug. water with this water. is water but is a beer mug it will get frozen and used one day beer mug okay i like it i like it i'm going to give it some beats that open like a clamshell clamshell beats anyways randy what would you give those memes oh i i give it uh, take all my money my real money right Woo! he's gonna give it a treasure wow Good scores. Anyways, guys, we want to know if you agree with our scores, you disagree. Let us know down in the comment section or rate the meme yourself. That's cool too. And make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms because we are exposing the propaganda from the weathermen like rumble.com, our personal favorite, bitcointv.com. And of course, make sure, literally takes two seconds. It's absolutely free. Join our Telegram group. The link is down below. You could link us some awesome Bitcoin memes to review so we could review them on the meme review. But anyways, Opti, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software release. Brought to you by CypherSafe. Guys, don't store your seed on paper. Paper will burn. Paper will get wet. A dog will eat your paper. It's going to suck. What you want to do is you want to store your Bitcoin seed on metal. Yeah, that's right. Metal is, well, not all metal, but cipher safe metal, like the cipher wheel, like the cipher grid, is fireproof, waterproof, pet proof, it's tamper evident, it's badass. Don't be that guy that lost their seed in paper. What if you have a boating accident, you lose your seed, if it walls in the water, paper sucks, but if it's a metal, at least you could go dive in, diving in for it. Anyways, guys, check out cyphersafe.io today. Today's software release is CodeCard MK4 firmware version 5.05. And it's got BIP85 derived passwords in the NFC. Oh my God. Signed transactions with misinformed. Wow. Easier Q. Oh my God. QR scans. We got fix multi-sig stuff. Guys, this is a huge, huge update. But don't forget to subscribe to us on our audio podcasts. That we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. And if you're a fan of the value for value economy, check us out on Fountain because they are killing it. Anyways, awesome. Nico. Awesome. Thank you, Opti. Anyways, guys, before we go, we also want to give a very special shout out to our awesome clothing sponsor, representltd.com. Opti and I wear the hoodies every single day. He makes Bitcoin merch. He makes simply Bitcoin merch and just awesome merch overall. It's stylish. It's comfortable. And you can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 10% off, representltd.com. Also check out Simply Bitcoin's blog by the legendary pirate beach bum, www.simplybitcoin.news. Also wanna give a very special shout out to Randy, 
You can go give him a follow at Randy Brito on Twitter and definitely check out BitcoinVenezuela.com. It's help out with humanitarian aid in Venezuela. Definitely go check out the website. Randy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Guys, that was the show. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smack that like button. You want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the pleb perspective, the catastrophic fails of the shitcoiners, central banks, governments, all of it, and the Bitcoin culture, the memes, all of it. Definitely consider subscribing to Simply Bitcoin. We'll see you Monday, guys, for a brand new episode. The Bitcoin price is cheaper, but my time is more valuable. Oh, 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 oh,